because men have the ability to compartmentalize and women's hippocampus um, they have more blood flow and the hippocampus is the part of the brain that holds on to memories mm-hmm. so it's a curse really because we hold on to memories which therefore means we can also hold on to grudges <laughs> and men can comp- compartmentalize and let go of things so it's really a blessing to be a man and I've decided that in my next life I'm coming back as a tall thin man who's wealthy <laughs> that's, that's how I want to come back next time This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss a longitudinal study that looks at the happiness of married couples over a 30-year period, and it goes up and down, and longer marriages actually get happier. We discuss what this all means. Stay tuned. I'm going to keep this short. First, thank you for listening. If you're a regular listener, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a review on whatever platform you listen to us on. This will help others discover us. Also, if you like the podcast, I highly recommend visiting our website, hitchedmag.com, which is updated daily with new content and where you will find thousands of articles available anytime. Lastly, I understand that not everything we talk about applies to everyone. However, I am confident that if you go to hitchmag.com and subscribe to our free weekly newsletter, that you will find at least one and probably more pieces of information each week that will help your marriage thrive. I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And you can get all this information and more at her website, drkarensherman.com. Okay, so we are going to talk about... Uh, the different stages of marriages uh, of marriage, and in particular, uh, how happiness changes over time. And uh, this is all coming from a new study, uh, which was a longitudinal study of U.S. marriages um, from researchers at Penn State and BYU, which was conducted between 1980 and 2000. Um, all the respondents were married at the start of the survey when uh, the researchers began. However, by the end, about half of them uh, were still married. Nineteen uh, percent were divorced. Five um, percent had become widowed, um, or others had just dropped out of the study completely. So, um, they focused on happiness. Uh, and it's kind of a nebulous concept, happiness. Like, what does it mean to be happy? And, you know, different people will um, clarify what it means to them, which would not fall within the definition of somebody else. But we're going to give this a stab and what it means for couples. So uh, the first thing, Karen, is the researchers found that happiness declines 
in the first few years of marriage as uh, daily life and other things uh, get in the way. Um, I guess my first question to you is, did you find that surprising? Oh, absolutely not. Um, That's very predictable. And I think that more couples need to know that that's what they should expect. Um, That is not to be a downer. um, But I think that uh, couples don't realize that. And so when it happens... Uh, very often they think that something's wrong. And it's not at all an indication that something's wrong. It just means that the honeymoon phase is over and that now they are getting more into a routine and that, as uh, I think you mentioned a moment ago, that life, you know, your daily um, routine of life um, is taking place. And so You know, it's not going to be all bells and whistles and, you know, the same kind of lifestyle that you had before you were married. So it's really very typical. I think I've told you this uh, anecdote in a previous podcast, but I remember a young woman that I was working with individually. And then we stopped. And in the interim, she got married. And then she called me up one night panicked, absolutely panicked. And she said, I have to see you like right away. So I got her in and she said, I'm just not feeling loving feelings towards my husband. And I started to laugh. Now I knew her very well, otherwise I wouldn't normally do that. And she said, what are you laughing at? I said, oh, that, don't worry about that. That happens. It's, it's normal. And she said, really? And, you know, we went on to discuss it very similarly to what we're talking about right now. And she said, nobody tells you that. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, a podcast such as this hopefully will inform more people that it is a very common occurrence and it's not anything to be scared about. Right. And I, um, I remember that story and I knew when I came across a study, I, like I had it in the back of my mind, I was like, Oh, Karen's going to love this because of that story. And, um, I, I was thinking the same thing about how we are, well, I'll just say hitch the, the idea and concept of hitch. Like it was striking to me that there was not an ongoing, uh, resource dedicated to marriage that helped you deal with the nitty gritty because Mm -hmm. it was so much of our time is, uh, and the, the information that we're fed is, all right, you, you find the perfect man or woman, you, um, you plan the perfect wedding, uh, you get married, you raise kids, um, and then you live happily ever after. And then nobody wanted to explain how do you live happily ever after? What does that mean? Wait, and, wait, wait, wait. I have to stop you. Yeah. That's a fantasy. Right, right. Exactly. No, 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 I bet you live happily ever after. That doesn't exist. That is somebody's fantasy that they wrote up in the fairy tales. Correct, correct. <laughs> and but that's the that's the part that I wanted to like focus on was what do you do when somebody dies? What happens when somebody loses a job? Where do you put your money when you have a little extra to invest? Mm-hmm. All the things that go along with marriage. What do you do when your in-laws stay with you or what, you know what I mean? Like there's a yeah. million yeah. questions. So, right. um, I get, so that's when I was really excited about this. And, um, I, there's two things about this study that I think is interesting that I would love if you're a researcher listening to this, a follow-up on this because 2000, um, we know cohabitation has increased since that time. Mm-hmm. And, if the if the happiness drops because there's so many changes and and all that stuff that takes place and that former traditional role of you get married then move in together kind of a thing, mm-hmm. I wonder if that drop off is as as much 
as it is uh, was back then as it is now, or vice versa. I mean, um, what do you what do you think of that? If I had to guess, I would still say yes because there's a definite difference in couples and their obvious level of commitment once they get married. And so there is something in, even though you've been living together, in the way that you relate to each other once you are married, then you have been um, interacting with each other when you've been living together. Mm -hmm. So I still think that there's going to be a Mm drop-off. And then my second question that I have for you is, um, you mentioned, you know, that, that honeymoon period will wear off. How long should that honeymoon period last? If a couple's listening to this and it's like, well, our happiness is going to drop, how long can I hold on to it for? Well, you know, I think that that's going to depend on how long you're together. So even within the dating phase, there may be a drop off. You know, it's it's not going to be all butterflies when mm-hmm. you get ready and everything. So the initial excitement might not be as intense as it was. Um, but I would say probably after the first year, you can expect that it's definitely going to it's definitely going to drop and it might not even last the whole first year you're married. Mm, mm-hmm. um, okay. Then I want to move on to something that the researchers found. So they said that couples who did eventually divorce, what they saw happen was there was a decline in their happiness and that just continued all the way until they divorced. So there, mm-hmm. there didn't seem to have like these ups and downs. It was just, they just got less and less happy as time went on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I saw that and I was like, wow, that could be really scary if we know that the happiness is going to fall a little bit just by the natural cycle of things. Um, and you're not sure if this is go- just an ongoing trend or mm-hmm. um, if you will be able to pick things up later on. So how con- sh- concerned should couples be when they do hit that first the client who came in and was like, what do I do? I I just don't have those feelings anymore. How concerned should couples be? Well, I think you said something really important, that it was a continuous decline. Mm -hmm. So if you see that it just keeps going downhill, then yeah, I'd be concerned. But if you see that like there's a couple of days, you're not so happy and then you're fine. And, you know, it's almost like depression. One of the ways that we look at depression is um, the factor of is somebody in a downcast mood consistently for two weeks. Mm. So if they're upset for a couple of days and then they're fine and then they're upset again for a couple of days, that won't qualify as depression. So if some, if a couple sees that they are continually getting worse and worse and worse, then yes, I think there's reason to be concerned. And then I would say, certainly it needs to be talked about. It needs to be addressed. Um, You know, help should be gotten, whether it be with, you know, reading or getting professional help. Um, But on the other hand, one of the things I also want to tell people is, If you're running through difficult patches, don't run for the hills. Because again, I think through all the years we've been working together, Steve, this must have come out, that there's other research that indicates that even if you run into a difficult period, if you hang in there for five years, you get through it. Mm -hmm. In other words, you can go for as much as five years and it still ends up being okay. Um... Too often, 
and and now I'm going to show a bit of a bias. I think that the younger folk today tend to be much more comfortable with being transient, you know, with picking up and going and, and not being so afraid of change. That if they see things that are difficult, okay, let's leave. Let's start new. Let's not, you know, hang in there and and work through things. And the truth of the matter is that we have research that indicates that if you hang in and you work on things, you do get through it. You shouldn't run for the hills right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, going back to your original question, I think that if you see that things are not getting any better, you don't just hide from it. You address the elephant in the room and get some help. Mm-hmm. Um, I I agree with you on the younger generation and being more transient in general. I I don't know. I I feel like I would respectfully disagree about when that applies to marriage because I feel like they um, commit later when they're more mature and they divorce mm-hmm. less. Okay. Right. Okay. So, anyways, um, the the research. I, I think this the next point is um, good, or should be encouraging to people who are listening, because it says that the research showed that the happiness did not dip a lot for couples who actually did make it. Um, and essentially, it stayed roughly the same. Like how happy you were after five years was basically the same uh, when you got to the thirty year mark. Mm-hmm. But what was really cool was that it then started to tick up. Mm-hmm. Um, does that lack of change in happiness for those first 30 years surprise you? No, because that's the time when you're raising your children. And we know that that is the most stressful time for a marriage. It's the time when couples are the least happy. They're under a lot of stress. They're under a lot of pressure. There's financial difficulties. There's time constraints. There's not a a lot of time for each other. So that's around, you know, 30 years. So I would say, no, that's not surprising at all. Mm -hmm. And then the kids finally start to be on their own and, there's more time, there's more money, you know, there's less concern about them. So that would be when things start to pick up again. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the interesting things I think is that while the happiness doesn't change much, uh, the researchers showed that the activities within the marriage shifted much more dramatically. And so Mm -hmm. uh, at about 20 years, the number of shared activities Mm-hmm. Um, starts going up for the first time because the first 20 years, the shared activities uh, steadily declined. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get this U shape of shared activities that starts right. peaking um, after 20. Um, mm-hmm. And the cool thing, again, I think, uh, at by f- year the 40-year mark, um, mm-hmm. the number of shared activities that a couple are, uh, has together um, are on par with when they were newlyweds. And so they mm-hmm. start doing more things together again. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think, knowing this, so knowing that you had your peak happiness in the newlywed phase and then your happiness starts spiking again 30 to 40 years later when you have start sharing activities, more activities again, do you think that's something that can be hacked so that you don't have that dip in the middle? Or is it just like unrealistic and your happiness kind of stays the same for those 30 years anyway? And this is just a observation that can't really be touched. Well, I think that you can make a go of it, but I think that probably it's unrealistic again, because you've got 
mostly dual career families now. You've got, again, raising the children. Um, I think probably on a practical level, it's unlikely. I think that there are little things that you can do to try to make it better, like, as we have said, ad nauseum, date nights and things like that, um, you know, being aware of each other, letting you know that you appreciate each other, things like that. But I think if we're going to be realistic, the takeaway from this podcast is know that there are phases you go through and don't run for the hills and you know, it's going to get better. If you hang in there and you're basically happy and you basically feel that you've got a good partner uh, with the same values and, you know, you share, you know, a good life together, hang in because it does get better. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, no, that's, that, that's, that's perfectly good. I, I guess I'm, I'm sensitive to the, uh, the hang in there language as if, okay. Um, (laughs) which I understand the sentiment behind it because I think a couple's can have a, a perfectly happy marriage. Um, that's not to say that they can't have an even happier marriage later on in life when you kind of shed some of those responsibilities to your point mm-hmm. for those that 30 year time frame uh, where you start having a little more free time maybe you work a little less maybe you have a little more income you take some mm-hmm. more trips all that kind of stuff that really plays into it yeah um so we recently spoke in podcast i looked this up before we got on it was in episode 523 first off over 500 episodes ladies and gentlemen uh-huh um so in episode 523 we spoke about another uh study that was done out of uc berkeley um that just basically talked about how uh couples marriages uh they get happier over time so i don't think what we're talking about today is too surprising mm-hmm. uh, because we've recently talked about it uh what i did find interesting though is that men and women, and and the study that we're talking about today, um, and I should point out that only heterosexual couples were studied for this, um, but men and women reported different levels of happiness over time, Mm -hmm. uh, with women reporting less satisfaction than Mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is because women uh, traditionally carry so much of these social responsibilities and uh, those tend to be those like shared activities um and that has declined um that that's why they feel that the way that they do and that's why you see that difference well okay so first of all i have a couple of thoughts about this um women have a better pulse on relationships than men do um so men can just go about their merry way (laughs) And not even realize that something's going on that's wrong. You know, you know, very often a woman will say, you know, there's things haven't aren't so great. And I think, you know, maybe we need to read some books. No, things are fine. Mm-hmm. You know, things haven't been so good. Maybe we need to talk about it. No, things are fine. Can I <laughs> you know? can, I wanna I, I have to admit, um Jess, my wife, has on uh-huh. more than one occasion. So uh-huh. do you remember when blah 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 uh, and it was some dispute that we had in the past uh-huh. and or something that happened with family or something. And I'm like, no, no, yeah. no recollection. Yeah. But there's and a reason for that. Yeah. Because men have the ability to compartmentalize and women's hippocampus 
um, they have more blood flow. And the hippocampus is the part of the brain that holds on to memories. Mm -hmm. So it's a curse, really, because we hold on to memories, which therefore means we can also hold on to grudges. (laughs) And men can compartmentalize and let go of things. So it's really a blessing to be a man. And I've decided that in my next life, I'm coming back as a tall, thin man who's wealthy. (laughs) That's that's how I want to come back next time. Anyway, but going back to the point at hand. So they have a better pulse on a relationship. So they know, you know, they're the ones that sense like things are really not so great. And a guy is like, you know, la-di-da, he's okay with it. That's number one. Number two, a woman is more emotional than a man. So she's going to feel when things aren't as happy. A guy is more sensitive. He will react more to too much stimulation, but a woman is more emotional. Mm. The other thing is that all the research shows that men benefit in lots of ways from being married. They are fed better. They are t- Their health is better. Um, they are being taken care of. A woman does that for herself and also for the man. So, of course, they're happier. But there's more burden for the woman. It's not just that she's planning the social activities. There's a lot more responsibility on the woman. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of women who say that if they should lose their mate by death, you know, if they're, they're widowed, they're not going to get married again because it's just a lot of work. Mm. Not that they're not, that they haven't gotten happiness out of it, but that marriage is a lot of work. So I think that that's why um, they have these two different findings that women are not as happy as men are. That's an, yeah, no, I, I, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and that was kind of the read that I was getting from what I, what I was seeing too. So, um, do you have anything else you'd like to add to this conversation before we wrap it up? Well, I don't want to be a total downer about marriage. We do know. <laughs> I was going I don't know. think you've actually been a downer. I think this is the this is the point of the podcast is just to kind of keep things real. Uh, okay. to let couples know, right? Okay, we do know that marriages that are happy and we do have many ways of knowing how to make it happy. You have to listen to the 500 plus podcasts. Right. But we do know that a happy marriage does have lots of benefits for somebody's health and, you know, having um, a long-lasting life. So there are lots and lots of benefits um, and lots of ways to make sure that you have a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and it I, can be worked on. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and that's I think that's the great thing about it, too. So if, um, you know, you want that fountain of youth... <laughs> A happy marriage might be might be the solution. So, um, no, this was great, Karen. I um, I was excited to talk about this because I know that this is some of the real the real talk that happens with um, marital happiness and stuff. Because I do think a lot of the perception out there gets uh, amplified with social media and a lot of other things. Where uh, you know, it's one thing to you know, the, the old phrase, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, mm. that kind of a thing. Um, mm-hmm. and that was because you could only look at your neighbor 
uh, the, your literal neighbor and see the green grass on their side of the fence. But now we can see everybody's neighbor all the time, 24 seven because of mm-hmm. social media. And so it's really cranked up, uh, what you, the perception that you see out there. And I think a lot of times it can become overwhelming with, particularly when you're not in a good place, if you're a little bit down on your relationship and you just think, crap, everybody in my feed um, is showing these like really exciting, interesting, fun things. And they seem so happy. Um, and I like to remind people, uh, when you take pictures, you smile and you don't post your arguments, you post that's your triumphs. Exactly right. that's and so, exactly right. uh, just, just keep that in the back of your mind and know that by the way, that this research shows that, um, your happiness will decline after the first couple years, but if you're in a good relationship, it will essentially stay at a good, consistent level. Um, but when it starts continuing to go down and down and down and down, then, yeah, you, you might need some intervention. But uh, know that when you stay with it, and this is the wrap this whole thing up, um, after a couple decades, which seems like a long time, but, you know, I think it, it's actually not that, that long. Um, things get even better like that. There's like a payoff at the end, which is like kind of awesome. So uh, just to try to leave this on a cheery note, I think uh, people should take comfort knowing that it only gets better. And so that's a great thing. So uh, with that, we will wrap it up. So I want to um, thank you so much for your time, Karen. It is always a pleasure and look forward to doing this again very soon. Okay, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. And before we go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. And of course, you can find this at our website, pitchedmag.com, along with our 500 plus episodes, podcast episodes, a newsletter, thousands of articles, and much, much more. So hopefully you check it out if you are a relatively new listener. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, take care, everybody.